Napoleon once pointed to a map of China and said, there lies a sleeping giant. If she ever wakes up, she will be unstoppable. Christian men, I believe, are like a sleeping giant. If they ever wake up fully, they will be unstoppable. If God was to awaken and all the men, all the Christian men in our nation, in our churches, and unleash the massive talent that is locked within them, the church would explode and increase like never before. There is massive untapped potential in men, and I might add also women. What I share today applies just as much to women as to men. So ladies, don't tune out, but listen in for your man as well. And if you don't have a man, well, listen in for your future man. He's on the way. All right. Thought that would get a clap or a cheer or something, but anyway. Joel 3, verse 9 to 10, if you've got your Bibles. Proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Prepare for war. How many of you know we've got a war on our hands? In the, yeah. It says prepare for war. What's, what does it say after that? Wake up the mighty men. Interesting, isn't it? Prepare for war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men draw near. Let them come up. This is what men have to do. Beat your plowshares into swords. Get ready to fight. And your pruning hooks into spears. And let the weak say, I am strong. So here's a question for you. Why would mighty men have to wake up? You wouldn't think a mighty man would have to wake up, would you? Like, surely they're not asleep, that they have to be woken up. How can they be asleep? But the sad thing is, they can go to sleep. Mighty man, men can actually fall asleep. You know, they have great abilities. They have a great a call of God upon their lives, you know, and, and yet they can be asleep and unaware of it or not functioning within it. But I want to prophesy that that is going to change, and God is about to wake up the mighty men. And so I say and I declare the mighty men of this nation are going to wake up. And I want to add to that that the mighty women of this nation are also going to wake up. And there will be this incredible army that's going to bring transformation in our communities, nation, and in the nations of the world. Jesus had a vision to reach the world in three years. That was his vision. What was his strategy? Twelve men. Twelve men would turn the world upside down. Some say that the percentage of women in lay leadership in churches is way beyond what it should be. Some put it at over 80%. I don't know if that's quite accurate, but it's huge as they take on a massive responsibility um, in growing the church of Jesus Christ. Here's a quote for you. The massive men live lives of quiet desperation and go to the grave with the song still in them. It's time to sing your song before you go to the grave. You know, don't leave this earth with unrealized potential that God has locked within your heart. I'm speaking to men and I'm speaking to women as well. It's amazing, you know, I often say, make it your life's goal to discover all that God has placed in you, to discover everything God has placed within you. Listen carefully. There is much more than in you 
than you realize. There are gifts and talents within you that are yet to be released, that are yet for you to even to discover. I know that within me there are still resonant talents that are going to emerge in the coming decades that will leave me astounded. I'm, I've not, I've not um, unlocked all the potential that's within my life. So why don't you just tell the person next to you, there's a whole lot of gifts still lying inside of you. Come on, just tell them. Encourage someone with that. <clears throat> isn't, it, isn't it exciting to know that there's so much in you, gifts, abilities that are yet to be shown to the people and the world around you. If that doesn't excite you, I don't know what would excite you, that there's things that are going to be released in the coming weeks, months, and years that will leave you absolutely amazed. The wealthiest place in the world, as you know, is the cemetery. Because there lie undeveloped, Potential, gifts never used, books never written, songs never composed, leadership never developed. The list could go on and on and on. Don't die with the song still in your heart. Unrealized potential, gifts never unwrapped in your life. The cemetery is the wealthiest place in the world. What a tragedy. The call of the Spirit, I believe, is to wake up the mighty men, unleash them to storm the gates of hell and strike fear in the heart of the enemy. Do you know New Zealand men are warriors? There's a warrior spirit in the men. You look at the New Zealand rugby team. The All Blacks have woken up. They're unstoppable. They're world beaters. The haka, which you'll see in just a moment, is what every Christian man should be like in the spirit. They see it. Lights down. Lights right down. These are mighty men. Can you see yourself, man? Which one are you? Imagine men praying like that. Imagine men worshiping like that. Imagine men serving God like that. Look at the passion. Look at the fire. Look at the zeal. They're a picture of what men in the church, I believe, should be like in this day. If we're going to shake this nation, if we're going to be world winners, if we're going to be champions that, that shake this nation and the nations of the world, we need some of that kind of passion, some of that kind of fire. I say, wake up the mighty men. Woman as well. 
So why do men, why do women fall asleep? Mighty ones. Imagine being a mighty warrior. You know, imagine, you know, one of those All Blacks, Kieran Reed. You know, imagine if he had fallen asleep, had the potential to be the world, uh, the All Black leader. Imagine if he had fallen asleep. Never develop that. Never become that person. So what causes people to fall asleep? 1 Peter 5 verse 8, be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Friends, this is the work of the enemy that puts people to sleep so they go to the grave with the song never having been sung. Some say that men are the final frontier in the kingdom of God. See, God has moved to a measure among women. He's moved among young people. He's moved among children, have seen revivals. You hear of them even around the world today. But he's not in a significant measure or is yet to move in a greater measure, I believe, among men. They are the final frontier because when they awake, the church is going to expand and, exp- and move forward at a rate that will be extraordinary. The devil knows this, and so he's focused his attack upon men. He's done everything to stop them becoming mighty men, and he's got good reason to hold them back because if a child comes to Christ, three and a half percent of families will follow. If a woman comes to Christ, 17 percent will follow. If a man comes to Christ, 93 percent of families will follow. Wake up the mighty men. Wake up the mighty men. The kingdom of God's advance depends on the men of God, like you and like me, being woken up and to be who God has called us to be. If you get the man, you get the family. 93% of the time. One of the struggles is that men accumulate hurts. The reason for that is we like to act macho. You know, I'm the Marlborough man, you know. Men don't cry. We're tough. We're strong. We're okay. We look good on the outside. We don't show the hurt. We hold back the tears. They say every time you don't cry when you should, you harden a little. And men become hard. Can almost never cry. For those of you men who never weep, Remember Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus, and Jesus wept with emotion. I say strong men do cry. They're not ashamed of it, and that takes strength and takes humility sometimes. So we can look good on the outside, but inside there's a volcano that stops us being mighty men. See, men, as much as anybody, need to be loved, they need to be nurtured, they need to be healed. Because what happens if we continue to carry hurt too much, we look for answers in all the wrong places. It's where you go to the drugs and the alcohol and the porn and the addictions and the internet and all the rest of it. Why is that? Because there's this hurt that you can't handle, so you've got to dull the pain. And you dull the pain through these different ways. And that's why we need to wisely share ourselves, be vulnerable. The same, of course, does apply 
to woman, to all of us. Josh McDowell tells a story of speaking before 1,500 high school students, a well-known group of gothics, which were like gang guys, really tough and strong. They stood close to him to intimidate him. So McDowell on the spot changed his message, and he decided to speak on the Father's love. When he finished speaking, the leader of these gothics came up to McDowell, and with 1,500 students watching, he pleaded for a hug. Josh McDowell says he gets the same response anywhere he preaches a father's love around the world. Hurts, brokenness. We need to put right, men, any broken relationships that we have with anybody, within the family or outside of the family, because it's hard to be a mighty man of God with broken relationships unhealed and unresolved. It's easy for us to do that because we want to cover it up. We just hide it, hide the pain, hide the hurt, face it and deal with it. That's a mighty man of God. And you know, the challenge that makes it a little bit harder is that there's a real social confusion of roles now, isn't there? Like what is a, what is a man and what, what is a woman and who, who's do, do, meant to do what? And there's you know, all, this equality, all that sort of stuff and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think it leaves people confused. Then you ask men to be leaders, and they're thinking, well, hold on a minute, everything I'm being told is I'm not a leader. And then a lot of programs, which I don't see but I hear about, you know, they portray men as being a bit somewhat stupid, you know, or simple or dumb, or always doing the wrong thing. And, and you see that kind of stuff long enough, it gets to a man. And so then they just hide away, and they go into a cave, and they, you know, get, get, lose themselves in a sport or whatever, and they don't fulfill the role that God has called them to do. If you add to that the poor, you know, an issue for all of us, men and women, is poor role models. Because <laughs> we need good role models to show us the way. We learn more by seeing than by hearing. We can be told all this stuff, we can hear all this stuff, but we need to see it. And when we see it, because we tend to imitate, we tend to copy what we see. And so what, the, the role models is, is such an important area of our lives that we need, to, we need to see it. See, Josh McTowell was contacted a number of years ago by the U.S. president, George Bush, in that, those days. And they asked him, what's the number one issue facing America? Well, McDowell sent, him, uh, sent Bush 70 pages of statistics, but when he picked up on the whole area of fathers, and when Bush spoke to Congress on the issue of fathers, that's when he had the greatest response and the greatest clap and cheer, because all of Congress recognized that fathers is the issue of the age in which we live, because so much depends on fathering, because that impacts on kids and, and families, and it just filters on through. It's just so, so important. Dobson says, over the last century, we have progressively had poorer and poorer role models. Ian Grant says, a little man, sorry, Ian Grant says, a little time with a good man each week is all a boy needs to download the software to be a man. A little time with a good man each week. But he said, but most, many boys are not getting that time. See, most crimes are by men who never learned to be men. And boys who in their life never knew a good role model, male role model. That's where most crime actually comes from. This is a very big issue in, in society today. Evidence says that most boys who go bad had no dad or no positive father figure in their lives. Can I just pause for a moment and say, 
I don't want anyone to feel condemnation today because kids go off the rails even if they've got great parents. There is a free will and a free choice, all right? So one-on-one doesn't always make two. But these are some of the statistics that are coming out. See, antisocial behavior, they have discovered this incredible, is not so much to do with family structure, but often it's a poor relationship with the dad. It's amazing, really. Remember the Columbine massacre? Well, after that, they did this massive survey in America. You know what they discovered? That in the U.S., mostly, most of the killers came from white class, middle, from white middle class, sorry, white, white middle class families with two parents. Doesn't that break the, the mindset that we have? You see, it's not, even, it's not family structure so much. It's more the parenting that's a, a real issue in a lot of these things. Of course, if we're talking about falling asleep, I think one of the biggest things that cause, causes men and women to fall asleep is sin. Samson fell asleep on the lap of Delilah. Men fall asleep. Women fall asleep on the lap of sin, of whatever sort that is. And then, of course, you've got Judas. Do you know what caused him to fall asleep? The love of money. You think about that one for a while, the pursuit of money. You know, you've you got to work harder and harder and get more and more jobs. There's no time to pray or worship or even get to church. What happens? You're going to fall asleep. So there's a lot of these factors out there that this is, we're talking about why mighty men or mighty women fall asleep. There's all these things. It's a work of the enemy or really he's just, he's just having a go at everybody. And I just want you to pick up, for all of us, even including myself, even just one thing today that may help us to wake up more. I need to wake up more. I mean, I'm praying and crying out to God to, to wake me up more. I often say, God, wake up areas of my spirit that have not yet come alive. Because there are areas. I know there are areas. You've got areas. Father, wake up areas of my ability and potential that are still asleep, that are still dormant, that I don't even know anything about. Say, so God, help me. Wake me up. Wake me up. So you can be a mighty man and functioning as one, but you still need to wake up. <laughs> There's no relenting with God, is there? So this man, man goes to this woman's conference. Sorry, I got that wrong. This man goes to a, a men's conference, all right? He probably needed to go to a woman's conference. But anyway, he went to a men's conference. And he got up, got home late, and he woke up his wife, and that was his first mistake. <clears throat> he said to her, I've been to a men's conference I am now the head of this house. This is the way it is going to be from here on out. And for the next half an hour, he gave her both barrels. He didn't see her for six days. Seventh day from his hospital bed. He could see her slightly out of his left eye. A bit of advice there for you men, all right? Don't go home from this service and say, hey, this is how it's going to be. I'm now a mighty man. Make way. I'm taking charge. Your wife will probably say, yeah, we'll start with putting the rubbish out. (laughs) Show how mighty you are. Let's talk for a few minutes about what a mighty man could look like, should look like, and can be with God's help. This is the thing we've got to understand is we're not called to do this on our own. God is with us. He can strengthen us. He can empower us. You know, some of you may have listened to me so far and thought, man, I, I'm, I'm out of here. I quit. I'm not, I'm not even going to try. No, no, the Holy Spirit can help you. 
be the man God's called you to be, the man that he wants you to be, the awesome man, the awesome woman. So one of the things is to be a spiritual leader, you know, in your home, in the church, you know, just be a spiritual leader. You know, men in churches were surveyed across New Zealand. Now, this will surprise you. They surveyed them. And do you know what was the number one desire of men across our nation? To have a closer relationship with God. Would you believe that? You know, you would have thought for the All Blacks to win the World Club or something, you know. I don't know, but that, that was what they came out. They wanted a greater relationship or to grow spiritually was, their, was their, what was in their hearts to, to be. And uh, they wanted God to help them with that. So Psalm 101 verse 2 says, I need your help, especially in my home where I need to act as I should. That's a good verse. I like that verse. I need your help, especially at, because it all starts in the home, doesn't it? Christianity starts at home. You know, if we can't be it at home, uh, let's not fake it outside of the home. It's uh, a very good place. But it's a, it's a good prayer to pray. Say, God, I need your help. Even as you're listening to preach, me preach, why don't you just be saying in your heart, God, I need your help with this. I know it's true. I'm struggling, but I need your help. Go that way instead of feeling condemned or feeling bad or wanting to give up. Say, no, God, help me. Help me. You can be a mighty man. You really can. We all can. And, you know, in this, make sure you spend good quality time with God. Give time to your family. Give time to your family. You know, that's where our best energy should go. That's where our best effort should go. They are our first responsibility. You know, sometimes we can care for all the needs out there and neglect what's in here. And God says, no, 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 be faithful here first. Because, you know, many people over the years have spent their so much time in, of life caring for everyone else, they've neglected their own home to their detriment. That's where your first energy, your first prayers, your first efforts need to go. And the best gift we can give our children is not money. It's not help at being a great sports person or the next all black. It's not even help with schoolwork, though you should help them with that. But the best thing we can give our kids is to be a role model of faith, of what it is to be a woman of God, what it is to be a man of God. Be that role model. And if you can be that, okay, maybe they don't do so well at school. It doesn't matter. <laughs> maybe they don't do as well at school as you want them to. It doesn't matter if, if, it, if you have at the foremost, at the front of everything else, a role model of faith. And you know, there are tremendous challenges and pressures on us today to, to let go of the role model of faith and pursue, oh, God, my kids got to do well at school. You know, they've got to do well at sport. You know, they've got to do well in this area and that area and that area. And there's nothing wrong with those areas unless they rob you of being the role model of faith that God wants you to be because that's the ultimate blessing you can give your kids. So they walk with God the rest of their lives, hopefully. Love your kids. I, I reckon men can express themselves. Thank you for that response. It's really good. It's really ex exciting. You look at the, the haka. How many of you saw some expression there? Anyone notice some expression from the faces, from the da-da-da-da? Hey, men, we, we can express ourselves. We, we can love our kids and hug them and tell them that we love them and appreciate them and spend time. We can do all that sort of stuff. You know, for those men who say, you know, I'm not the emotional sort, just watch them when the All Blacks score a try. 
And they are jumping out of their skin, and the wife is saying, shut up. Well, what you need to say to them is, look, fine, be like that. But can you be like that in church as well? During the worship? During the preaching? Hello? During the preaching? <laughs> yeah, go, pastor. Preach it. Give it to him. Yeah. That's what you do when you watch the sports game. I reckon what I do is more important than that. <laughs> Play with your kids. They reckon something powerful happens when you play with your kids. Isn't that interesting, eh? We, we, we sort of make it complicated, but you know, just being, spending time playing ball with the kids is, is so important. Kids love it. It does, it develops them in a, to, you know, in a normal, healthy way. And with that, when you're playing with them, listen to them as well. They reckon when you listen to kids... You're telling them they're valuable. That's what it means. Don't, don't shove them away all the time. Every so often you have to. They're just going on and on and on and on. And you've got to shut up, get out of it, give me some breathing space. So, you know, I understand that. But, hey, uh, you know, just that attitude that you actually do. Hey, my time is gone. and I haven't finished my message. The best part was just going to come. Oh, dear. Jimmy Baker ends up in prison. You know the story. His son visits him and says to him, Dad, this is the happiest day of my life. I mean, put your head around that. Son visits his superstar dad who ends up in prison, says this is the happiest day of my life. He says, son, why? He said, because, Dad, today it's just you and me. Jimmy Baker said God had to take him to prison to learn to spend time with his kids. Pray to God you don't get sent to prison. Spend time with your kids now. <laughs> it's probably Bill English. He's after me all the time these days. <laughs> Needs a bit of help. In the book of Judges, Gideon is hiding in a wine press in fear of the enemy, <clears throat> struggling. And God comes to him. And maybe you're Gideon. He's hiding away in the wine press. He's afraid. He's going nowhere. Not doing much. And God comes to him and says, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. Gideon probably looked around and thought... <laughs> God, who are you talking to? And as you listen this morning, you may be thinking, Pastor, you're not talking to me. You're talking to the people around me, in front of me, beside me, but not me. But you see, God didn't speak to Gideon as he was or even what he thought he was. He spoke to Gideon what he knew Gideon could be. And God speaks to every one of us here today. And he says, you mighty man, you mighty woman of valor. That's what you are. That's what God has called you to be. And that, with God's grace and God's help, you will become. And so we declare once again, wake up, the mighty men. Wake up, the mighty woman. 
and see great advance of the kingdom of God. Amen.